Am I Pretty Now? A podcast about the ugly side of beauty. With Haley and Aaron. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Am I Pretty Now? Podcast about the ugly side of beauty. I'm Haley. I'm Aaron. And today's topic is Aaron's, and I'm super excited for it. I'm, I'm, well, pause. I'm a little, I'm excited. But I'm also a little salty because you got to it before I did. I'm so excited <laughs> about it, though. Um, it's a topic that we we discussed a lot. I know Aaron's going to go way more into it than I ever did in school. But it is a topic that came up specifically in my massage training. And what we did learn was absolutely absurd. So I can't wait to get into it even more. So before I keep rambling on about how excited I am about the topic and just leading everybody on, grab a seat, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hey guys, uh, so it's Aaron. Um, this week's topic is uh, mine, obviously, as sounded, Haley said. You sounded like a voicemail at the beginning. <laughs> Did I? Hey guys. This is Aaron. <laughs> um, so my topic for today is going to be... And again, like, I never know exactly how to phrase, like, what my topic is without just telling a long-winded story about whatever it is. Uh But I guess in a nutshell, it's just going to sort of be um, the different beliefs and creations of Dr. William Kellogg. Hey-o! This basically started, it didn't specifically start as something I wanted to do related to him. Okay. But so I was, and this is, like, a really dumb way for this to have come about, but I was cleaning. Okay. And I was, you know, obviously just, like, throwing out, like, old trashy things, you know, that I don't need anymore. And I was going through some different things in my closet. And I found this little – it was basically, like, a mitt sort of situation. Um, I don't really know how to uh, describe it. But it sort of just looked like a plastic mitt with a lot of little sort of, like – Like knobbies. Knobs to it, yes. (laughs) Thank you for for knowing the word knob. (laughs) Um, you mind with, with a well. lot of thank you. Um, you know, just a lot of like knobs and nodules on it. And I remember getting it as part of a kit years ago. There's a company. I'm not going to say the name of the company. You guys will know it though. Any of, if you've ever bought their products, I'm going to say the name of the kit. They had a product that was called uh, Fat Girl Slim. <laughs> Okay, not back in the day. It was a pretty good name. Um, I think people are offended by it now. So the name has been changed to Fab Girl, uh, Fab Girl Firm. I still like Fat Girl Slim a lot better. What a downgrade in the name. (laughs) But so basically, what it was is, um, and you can still, you know, buy a lot of these like lotions out there at the store, but it was just supposed to be sort of like a body contouring cream. That you could use, and you could use it on, like, different areas of your body that you just sort of wanted to firm up a little bit. Not that it's doing any exercise for you or anything (laughs) like that, but just to sort of, like, you know, if you have just, like, slightly loose skin somewhere or just an area that's not quite as firm, it'll give you, like, the appearance of it being a little more toned. Okay. Sort of like a cellulite cream. Okay, fair. Um, But it used to come with this little mitt. That's kind of what what I was getting to. (laughs) Um, But this little mitt, and it said that, like, that was to use like after you've already put the cream on to like pummel your fat away (laughs) oh so kind of like some people you know you just see them like releasing different things by just sort of like taking their um fists and just sort of like gently going over different areas of their thighs their arms you know it's it's a massage technique right yeah so that's what this was but they were saying it was specifically to help you break up the pockets of cellulite 
Ooh. That's not I was young enough at the time that I was <laughs> yeah. that I made this purchase that I thought that's maybe how it really worked. Sure, sure. And it made sense to me. We all fell for it. Right. Um, but so it just sort of made me think then I remembered a couple years ago I saw I think it was at um what is it like Bed Bath and Beyond? Yeah. Like something very similar, but it was like a wooden sort of roller situation. I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. Yep. <laughs> um and I th- just thought of that. So initially I was sort of like, wow, like Maybe I can do an episode on like cellulite, you know, techniques or just like weird things people have used related to like fat and exercise, that sort of thing. Sure. And some of the first things I found were basically, they kind of ended up just sort of being things that Dr. William Kellogg had created. And then it just sort of led me to more and more and more and more and more really weird things he invented. Get out. So basically, I did not set out for this episode to be about him. But it's pretty much just going to be all about him. I also think it's pretty timely, as you pointed out to me. I didn't even think about everything that was happening right now with that company. Um, And I'm not going to get into any of that. Um, But Just look it up. There's plenty of stuff on the interwebs right now. But yeah, so basically, he just came up with so many crazy things that we're pretty much just going to be discussing him this whole time. I love it. So I hope you're okay with that. Done. Um, Yes. (laughs) Um, So pretty much um, another thing that sort of drew me to this is, you know, thinking about all of the different techniques and the different things we've used in terms of exercise machines, like the crazy, like, gyrating machines you (laughs) see sometimes that look like belts, but they, like, shake you all around. yep, yep. Um, Who actually he has something to do with. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I was just sort of thinking, like, man, like, we have all of these, like, lasers, you know, cool sculpting, heat sculpting, like, all of that stuff going on right now. Yeah. But let's just, like, take it old school and go to some, like, really low-end sort of products. Okay. Um, another thing I do want to mention, the company he founded actually is still in operation. Uh, the they don't, yes, they don't business. sell the same products today that they sold back then, but it's actually called um, Battle Creek Equipment. And it still exists. You can still order exercise equipment through them. Stop. Is it – can you buy that belt that jiggles you? No, you can't. I I wish you could. They've updated. I don't want real exercise. I want one that I can just stand there and No, I want fake exercise. And I I still even remember seeing the ads back in like the 90s. Yes. You know, like of just people doing that. And like they would sit and there'd be that like belt that like they'd just be sitting reading the newspaper wearing that's supposed to just like – exercise for them yeah (laughs) but yeah so um we can thank him for that okay cool before we get into it as well um pliny would have loved this man also oh okay like really he's he has a lot of really funky beliefs that i'm actually going to start with because we're just going to get um one of the big things i'm sure a lot of you out there recognize kellogg's kellogg's cornflakes sure um (laughs) So just to kind of give you a little background on John Kellogg, why he sort of started out in the medical field, like kind of how he ended up like really getting into this whole thing. Um, He basically so and I didn't know this when I was first researching him. He was a Seventh Day Adventist. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And they actually the church actually like he was like super, super into it. And the leaders in his church actually like they helped him go to medical school. What? And then when he graduated, the health spa that he had, um, which was called Battle Creek Sanitarium, it was like the number one resort and health spa in the entire nation. Basically, the sole purpose was it was funded by 
um, and sort of, I don't want to say, like, it was supposed to be a nonprofit, but it, like, it gave them a really good reputation. Um, the whole thing is it was associated with um, the, I don't know the name, but, like, the, the Seventh-day Adventists. Get they out. W- they were associated with the church. And Battle Creek, Michigan was actually, like, their big headquarters. Okay. Which is why it was located there. Okay, that makes much more sense. Yes. So basically, like, the church elders, like, helped him go to medical school. He showed a lot of promise. He was very into it. Um, You know, they supported him in that. So then when he started his med spa, it was basically, like, founded by um, the Seventh-day Adventists. Huh. Who'd have thunked it? Mm -hmm. Which, again, um, some of his beliefs, some of the things he invented sort of go along with his religious beliefs. Okay. I'm super excited to hear this. I'm, I was trying to look up. I'm not, not paying attention yeah. to you. I was trying to look up what Seventh the Day name? is. And I can't yeah, I don't. think of it either. I don't. I wanted to say Church of Latter-day Saints, but I know that's Mormon. That's Mormon. So I, I don't know. That's okay. What they call it. But that's what it is. <laughs> um, so basically, that's kind of where, where he started out. Um, if you want to know more information about the spa, you can look it up. Like, there's a lot of research that's been done on this. They have a lot of historical documents on this, a lot of newspaper clippings, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, something that's kind of like a more fun way to learn about it. It's not historically accurate necessarily. But he was um, loosely the character that Anthony Hopkins played yeah. um, in the movie The Road to Wellville. Yes. It was actually based very loosely, very tongue-in-cheek on the Battle Creek Sanitarium. See, and Dr. Kellogg. And part of when I was planning on covering this, I was thinking of watching that. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen it. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. And everything says it's very tongue-in-cheek yes. to Kellogg. Yes. But it was something that I wanted to really watch because it looks absurd. Yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it, it's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, okay. it, would, it would be a fun way to learn not necessarily the facts about it, but to learn a little bit about the idea of it. Of course. Yeah. Um, but so pretty much um, going um, hand in hand with that, his wife, who I'm surprised there isn't more information about her. Her name was Ella. Okay. She was actually a dietitian. She was like the youngest person at the time, I believe, to have received a bachelor degree. She went to um, a place called Albert University. She was a dietitian. A few years after that, she went on to get her master's degree. Um, So she kind of helped him come up with, he gets most of the credit, but she actually kind of helped him come up with the whole cornflakes deal. Even? Even though, so his brother, it's kind of like a tricky situation. So he and his brother did not get along. Right. um, But his brother, um, William, technically is the one who sort of gets like the name credit. He was the one who was awarded in court. The name of, like, Kellogg's, you know, cornflakes. He got, like, all of that side of things. Okay. In terms of, like, the, like, nutritional sort of arm of anything having to do with Kellogg's. Okay. Um, so it would be, like, he and his family. But actually, Ella and John were also, like, big parts of developing the formula for cornflakes. Prior to cornflakes, it was bran flakes, and it had been, um, like, granola flakes. Yes. Like, they sort of, like, came up with all of that. To me, the interesting part, and this is going to feed into a lot of things, so I just kind of want to get, like, the food thing out of the way. But a lot of the things that he developed were based on his belief, again, going back to his religion, that sex was shameful, sex was bad. Kind of like Pliny, again. um, Anyone who had any sort of urge 
that's what drove you crazy. That's why you had physical ailments. It all goes back to sexual excitement. So I'm sorry for any of you who like <laughs> really, really love cornflakes. I mean, they can be okay. You know, put like a little a little fruit in there. Sure. But they never would have done it back in the day because literally the purpose of cornflakes uh-huh. was to give you the nutrition you needed, hence Ella's involvement as a dietitian, but to not give you any flavor that would excite you or um, even a texture that would excite you. Literally, the cereal was made to be so bland and boring and do nothing for your palate because they didn't want people to get overexcited and stimulated because that meant that your sexual energy would rise and you would basically go insane. No joke. It's a cereal created to be so boring that you would have like no feelings whatsoever about anything (laughs) while eating it. See, and that's so confusing to me because... <clears throat> I know. I like a crunch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are specific foods that are aphrodisiacs. Yep. For sure. This is the anti. But I don't think that there, I, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that there mm-hmm. is a, a linear opposite to an aphrodisiac. In his mind, I don't even know that it was supposed to be, but here's the thing, like it wasn't supposed to like kill anything in you either because then that would be eliciting some sort of response. Oh, so it, it was, was just to maintain just a level, line. just flat line. You're experiencing nothing. <laughs> that that's that was his goal. Could you imagine to just have you just nothing breakfast at the sanatorium? Yeah, of everybody just totally stone faced eating their cereal. Yep. Here, eat your slop. <laughs> you but know, do not be happy about it. No, at all. No. That. Ugh. But yeah, so that's actually the the whole point of them when when they originated. I also remember in school it's come, it, it's it's come a long way. But oh my gosh, yeah. absolutely! Like this is just a piggyback statement. This isn't like yeah. correcting anything. But like another goal of cornflakes was specifically to prevent you from masturbating as well. Yes, like, which which. Is piggybacking right. off of what you said. Yeah. But like they were very specific about. Well, that's just it. Do not, um, ma- don't touch your parts. Well, and here's <laughs> the thing. It was like no sexual anything at all. So that was like the big thing. Like it didn't make you want to do anything with anyone else or anything else. Um, <laughs> You, you know, or with yourself. Yeah, just anytime you really experienced any emotion i think in his mind it was bad you were gonna touch yourself (laughs) like again i how he just went like in that direction i don't know it's so extreme (laughs) but that that's pretty much his his thing um and they were actually saying that so he he and ellen were married i believe from like the late seven 1870s when i say 70s by the (laughs) way Not like the 70s, 70s, Um, like the 1870s until she passed in 1920. They fostered something like 20 some children. They adopted like seven or eight of them, but they never had their own because it's like widely believed that he never even like consummated their marriage, (gasps) even one time. Wait, you said late 70s to the 20s. Yes. So for like 50 years, they never banged? Just about 50 years, yeah. Even on like their wedding night. Like no one knows for sure, obviously, and it's nothing that he would have talked about. But, but it, his it's, actions it's said, widely believed, 100% abstinent. 
Stop it. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to be honest, like they both looked too happy to not for have. that to have been the case. <laughs> like she seems like a really sweet person, like whenever you see photos of her. Sure. And he's always smiling. So something was happening. I I don't know what they were eating, but it wasn't cornflakes. <laughs> it wasn't cornflakes. Or the cornflakes actually weren't working. Right. But yes. Okay. So I almost like feel like it's one of those things where like his personal beliefs or like his personal like lifestyle was just like, oh, well, I'm onto something here for me. I'm just going to make everybody else follow this, the same thing. Right, right. But in any case, so that was kind of like where a lot of it stemmed from. A lot of the equipment that he did develop, again, was like things that were supposed to, and we're kind of going back to almost like my topic prior, um, because a lot of it is, again, just more about sort of like purging things from your system. Right. But again, not to make you better, just to make you nothing. Yeah, right. Like just so you're just like very basic, just walking around doing your thing every day. You're never stimulated. You're never excited. You're never anything. It was never to fix the problem. It was just to take the problem out but not solve anything else around. And a lot of the things almost sound almost like a punishment-based sort of system. (laughs) Okay. You'll understand what I mean by that once I get a little bit more into it. But again, like back in the day, like it's so crazy because he was basically like a celebrity doctor. Like Thomas Edison went to him. What? Thomas Edison went to him. Amelia Earhart went to him. The actual um, man, the founder of the department stores, J.C. Penney, went to him. Get out. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was like a, a big deal back in the day. This was like the number one place to be. And again, it was called Battle Creek Sanitarium, but it was one of those things where, like, people were there for all different reasons. Mm -hmm. They had, like, people who were mentally ill, as the name Sanitarium would probably suggest. Sure. But they also had just, like, everyday people, like, oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I'm a little, like, um, depressed. Oh, I have um, addiction issues. Oh, I just need to get away because I'm exhausted. Literally anything you could possibly feel, be, or experience as a person. Yeah. If you had the money to go there, you were going there. So they just had people from like all different walks of life experiencing all different things. But he basically had like the same solutions for every single person. It sounds very – did you see um, Ratched on Netflix? I didn't see it. I saw One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, and I was going to start watching um, Ratchet, but I didn't ever it ever get into like it. It just like hospital. It does, uh, yeah. That I'm totally dropping the main character's name in One Flew, but he ended up in, and it's kind of the yes. same as you go. It's it's Nurse yes. Ratchet's um, yep. like origin story, pretty much. Yes, but there yep. are people there. Uh, one of the women. Um, is having feelings for the same sex. Mm-hmm. Um, one wants to lose weight. One is exactly. like addicted to cigarettes. Yep. Now it does definitely go any, more downhill. Any but. <laughs> issue you could possibly have or any yes. reason you could be there. So it was like, again, like celebrities were there. Yeah. But also like celebrities, like not that they didn't have issues, but like people who like didn't have maybe like all of the same issues as yes. like the everyday person would. Yep. In there with someone who actually was, um, you know, schizophrenic. Yes. That needed to be And they're receiving like the same care. Yeah. And like the same prescriptions and the same thing. Which is absurd. Because it's all the same. Right. Which to him, again, always goes back to don't get excited, don't touch yourself. <laughs> Touche. I'll get, yeah. <laughs> it's easy just yeah. to say that, Right, sir. exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he even like to the point that like he believed that um, like pregnant women, 
If they got like super excited or overly stimulated, it would negatively affect the unborn child and they would be born with desires and urges that are unnatural because to him it's unnatural to want to have sex for any reason other than to procreate. Like, yeah, yeah. It is Again, a medical doctor. (laughs) But yes. Okay. So in any case, so just sort of like some of that being said, he created so many different things. And again, it all pretty much stems back to this like one evil in your life. Sure. And just kind of like trying to get rid of any sort of real excitement or enjoyment that (laughs) you you may be having from things. Um, I mean, even down to like in terms of like eating. Okay. There was literally a song. That you had to sing. And this was like really good. He made everybody do it, even though it was primarily for the benefit of people who had issues with their weight. They literally called it the chewing song. And you would sing it so many times. I don't know the lyrics to it. It's basically just the same words over and over again about like chew, chew, chew. Chewing is the thing to do. But you would say it enough times (laughs) that it worked out to like 40 chews. Like if you didn't want to count how many times you were chewing, you would just sing this song like a certain amount of times. Because before you swallowed, you had to chew everything at least 40 times. Otherwise, like, your body couldn't digest it and you would gain weight. Huh. Hmm. Because that's the way it works. That is news to me. Yes. Ew. Mm -hmm. That's so cold. Can you imagine chewing a single cornflake 40 (laughs) times and singing a song to it? There wouldn't be anything left. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's, I mean... But I mean, even before the 40. Point. Yeah, like three chews, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah, like how much do you have to chew cornflakes? <laughs> but yeah. So okay. he had a lot of like super, super crazy ideas. Um, so some of them like were, I don't want to say they're good, but some of them like we actually do use today, like uh, light therapy. People Ooh. thought he was crazy at the time. He did come up um, with a lot of different ways. And I'm wondering, honestly, if he didn't chat with his friend Thomas Edison uh, sure. when he was in. That would to kind of sense. come up with some of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, they use light therapy, you know, for things like um, eczema, you know, different skin conditions, kind of the same way they do today. Like I know when I was little, I had eczema, I had psoriasis. Mm-hmm. We literally had to use uh, like a UV sun lamp. Yeah. I had to put like little goggles on. It was a whole situation. And like twice Aww. a week, I had to like sit like under this lamp. Um, but yeah. Poor baby Aaron. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly like, just like my, my hands and feet, but I mean, and pretty much I've grown out of it. Occasionally I get flare ups, but yeah. And they still do in severe cases use that today. So in a way that was actually a really good idea, but the way he used it wasn't always great. He would put people in beds, kind of like modern day tanning beds. Okay. Or they would actually have something, they were almost like a booth, like a closet that was just light bulbs (laughs) and you just sat and there would be, like, mirrors in it, too, so all of the light was just, like, shining right at you. Um, but he wouldn't just recommend that necessarily for skin conditions, which, again, we know it's good for. Yes. You would also recommend it um, to people who had gangrene and syphilis. Oh. I mean, the only thing I can think is, like, drying out the infection. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That, I mean, it's not going to cure it. And gangrene? It's just... It, mm. I feel like that is putting a light bulb on it isn't going to work. It's not going to reverse anything. Yeah, gangrene's like the shining last the light stage on that. Yeah, of like decay. Yes, of like a live decay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he just put you in a box with lights, and that that Said was your treatment. Luck. But he would do it for like hours. Oh wow! Like you, you'd be in it. Is there? 
is there such a thing as overexposure when it comes to light therapy? Yeah, I mean, depending on what type of light you're using, absolutely. Okay. I mean, and again, like he did use a lot of UV light. Oh, yeah, so, you did say that. not great. Yeah. So like they got rid of I mean, of occasional, fine, but yes. But they but, probably caused some other issues, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, potentially worse. I mean, unless you were in, the, in that gangrene category. And then, I mean, I was going to make a really bad joke. Like, what do you have to lose? But whatever part of you it was that had gangrene. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> um, me too. I almost didn't. Um, but yeah, so he did that. He did electric current. Which, again, we use today in a lot of different therapies. Um, you know, like in aesthetics, we use galvanic current. We use um, Tesla high frequency. Um, but he just didn't use it um, on the body. Okay. He would sometimes, like, run it through you, like, through everything. But his favorite thing was, like, people that had vision problems. He would literally, okay. like, set, like, little... Um, like in like the old school films where you see like the little metal pieces attached Stop. to someone's eye. Like clockwork orange. Basically, he would literally um, transmit electric current directly to your eyes Shut because he believed up. it was going to be stimulating um, different like, you know, parts of your eye so that your eye like might, it would start basically like firing all of those like synapses so that your eyes would start working properly again. What? And I think the thing is, like, initially, you know, people obviously, like, with that, like, they would obviously feel things happening and they would see, like, that bright sort of, like, flashing light. Yes. And I think that led him to believe that their eyes were now working when they weren't. You're just, like, frying someone's eyes. (laughs) Right, right. But, yeah, so he would do that. Again, there are different ways that electric current can be used, um, you know, to benefit people. Absolutely. But applying it to their eyes is not one. No. I don't think that's a good idea. No. But so that's something he did. So again, like some of his ideas were good, um, but what he did with them, probably not the best. Um, He's an ideas man. He is. Yeah. yeah. He's a big picture man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so baths. Oh, yes. Hot baths, cold baths. We know, you know, both can be really, really good. Absolutely. He had over 40 different types of baths you could take. Dang. um, At his sanitarium. However... The thing that makes it questionable is, like, he would leave you in there for hours. Some people were in there for days, weeks. There were even known cases of people, like, two to three months. No. In a bath, they would let you have to go to the bathroom, and then you had to get back in. It could be done with either a hot bath or a cold bath. What? I Again, I don't know exactly what he thought he was, like, solving with it. Um, some of the things that he really liked to... Um, do this for hysteria. Mm. Throw Skin, a hysterical person right. into a so pool of Right, so kind of, of like, again, you know, when you see movies and you read different accounts of people being thrown into freezing cold water yeah. to, like, calm them down or, like, shock their system, he was doing it, but he would just, like, have you in there for, and, like... A length of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that for skin issues, I think that's a weird one because you're going to cause more skin issues by having someone sitting in that water. Well, yeah. But he would do that. And my favorite, 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 favorite. (laughs) Okay. Because this would be the worst place you could possibly have this. He would recommend this, specifically um, a hot bath to ease the muscles for someone um, if they uh, were having difficulty with either constipation or diarrhea. 
Oh. To either force you into having diarrhea <laughs> or to get your system flowing. So if you had constipation, he um, liked to put you in a hot bath to ease the muscles, to make everything easier to move out. And if you had diarrhea, he would put you in a cool bath for as long as it took until you just stopped. I don't want to be in a bath. No. Uh, <laughs> if I'm having that kind of issue. <laughs> that is the last place. If I have diarrhea. Can I use the bathroom? You're already there. <laughs> you, you did. You did. You've done it. You're in it. I, uh, that. Like, I get the idea. Yes. But again, like, the logic just isn't quite right. I mean. Yeah. Also, back to the skin conditions thing. Yeah. Isn't your skin also going to start to. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a lot of issues, yeah. Yeah. In my head, I went extreme with it, and I was like, it's going to sloth off of your body. But, like, realistically. I mean, eventually it could, especially, I mean, and especially depending on how hot the water is. Yes. Yeah. Not to be too gross, but I mm-hmm. did work with a guy. I promise I'm bringing this back, and it's going to be a little. Yeah. I'm even going to say trigger warning just in case people, like, with death or, like, finding dead bodies or, like, yeah. funeral homes. Yeah. That's my preface. Okay. Um, I worked with a guy who used to work in a funeral home. And he was called to a scene where a body had been um, found in water. And he said when they went Mm. to pull – now, granted, he was dead. But I feel like skin is skin at that point. Like, if you're in water with alive skin versus dead skin, I don't feel like it's that different. No. And he said when they pull, this is like the trigger warning spot. Yeah. So like tune out if you have a queasy stomach. Um, this whole episode is like a big queasy stomach. <laughs> yeah, we should have just said this at yeah. the beginning. They went to pull his body out and um, degloving. Yeah. Yep, they yep. pulled him by the hands and <gasps> yep. the skin came off like a glove. Yep. They said they could have put it back on if like everything wasn't so deteriorated. But of course, being in the water, it's going to be yeah. deteriorating. Like. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like a live skin can't be that different. Mm-hmm. Like if, if yeah, it's- no, it's absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for the sound effect. Nope. <laughs> I kind of like the sound effect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I wish that people um, could see that you are literally like pulling at your hand, like as if you were pulling off like a like a, a medical glove. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> People keep telling us we need to do a visual. We probably should. <laughs> Just because we, we probably should. We reference our <laughs> hand motions and no whatever we're acting it. out. Yeah, yeah. I've been told over like the last few episodes, mm-hmm. especially, that we need to we do, do a, a lot of charades. <laughs> and no one can see it but us. Not a soul. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that. I'm still going along with water. This is going to be pretty gross, too. Okay. Um, I'm ready for it. Huge fan of enemas. Ooh, again, okay. just like, you know, again, going back to the whole purging situation, um, he was a big fan of enemas and colonics. Okay. But he was, like, extreme. Literally, he had a machine. Um, I didn't get any exact details on it, but everything I was seeing was saying that it was too aggressive. I don't want to know what it did to people. <laughs> but basically, it it could pump up to 15 a quartz of water into a single person within minutes and flush it right back out. Um, so he would literally do like several pints 
just stop pumping it. into someone. But he wouldn't just like stop there. He would do like you're gonna do that. And like then he would have you usually um eat a certain amount of yogurt. Again, so again, like in a weird way, like the whole probiotic thing. Yeah. So that's good. So I'm I'm eating my yogurt. Then he would use more water, but then he would finish it with a yogurt flush. Stop so it was kind of like <laughs> the, wait, wait. double ending it. <laughs> He'd put yogurt into people? Mm-hmm. He would use it. it he didn't just do water That's enemas. He also did yogurt enemas. Stop it. Stop. So, yeah. So he would start with the water. Then partway through, you'd stop. You would eat a certain, I don't even know what it was, but like a certain amount of yogurt. Okay. Then he would can like resume the water flush and then finish her up with like equal amount of the yogurt you would eat in. As a final enema piece. Just directly Just to make sure, you. yes. I... I mean, it almost immediately, you know... Well, yeah. Was back out, but yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree. I understand the... It's extreme. It, it, that is very extreme. I have started using probiotics again. Mm-hmm. I have not considered getting remotely close to my butthole no. with it. No. That, that's, there's no reason there's for it. absolutely no reason no. to put yogurt in your butt. No. Unless you're into but that. But he I'm did. I mean, kink yeah. shame. But in terms of if medical. If it's your thing. If it's your thing, you do you, Do boo. your thing. Yep. We are not here to shame people. Um, but that's a decision. But like a medical reason, there's there's not one. Yeah. That, that's not how it works. Yes. So again, the idea, good. Absolutely. Um, but what he's doing with it, not so good. And again, like it didn't, I couldn't find the information on like what would happen necessarily. I can only imagine. But that they were like, yeah, it was way too aggressive. Well, that's what it I It didn't end ask. well for a lot of people. Are there like. You can blow things out. Death records? Well, that's what my assumption would be is like. <clears throat> your organs aren't straight up and right. down it's not like you could feed a hose through it it slaloms yeah so like yeah the only information i could out. find was just basically like it wasn't a good idea a lot of people became even more ill i feel like a lot of people would agree um, on that a lot of people i'm assuming who probably maybe weren't that ill to begin with became ill 100 <laughs> percent, um, and had a lot of other issues going on which i mean i'm sure he found some fabulous ways to treat oh yeah <laughs> It was probably considered uh, just a symptom yeah. of the original problem. Yes. yes. They probably just got too excited. They got all worked up. Yeah. And that's why it all and came back yeah. out. So they yep. had to put it back in. Yep. I but yeah. Did, we did not learn this much about him in school. And I understand why. Mm-hmm. It's not topical to what I do for a living. But like, I wish we don't. It was interesting though, right? Yeah. And we're not even done. I can see your no, notes we're from not. here. We're not. <laughs> No, we don't have, like, a whole lot more to go through necessarily. Um, But he did, you know, create a a few other things. Sure. So he also believed in vibrotherapy, which is vibration therapy. Okay. Um, But he, again, took it, like, to an an extreme. His idea of it was, again, going back to that flushing of your system. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he created a chair that basically shook you i think it was up to like 60 times a minute so basically every second you were like but like violent Violently. shaking um to the point that it the whole point of it to him was to 
force things out of your system. So people would like involuntarily like go to the bathroom on the chair, but like he wanted that. Okay. Because it was like getting things out of your system. So that was like his whole point. He was very big on, I should mention, like, with a lot of his, like, flushing routines. Yeah. At some point, he had been um, in South Africa. Okay. Don't ask why. He he believed that people and all other primates were the same. And he witnessed that there were, like, different groups of monkeys that would go to the bathroom <laughs> up to four times, like, a, like, in a certain amount of, I think it was, like, four times an hour or something at one point he saw. To me, that signals they have, like, an infection and there's something wrong. Yeah. But to him, he was like, oh, my gosh, but they seem so happy. And but- look at primates in nature. If this is what they're doing, that's part of the problem with us as people. We aren't going to the bathroom that often. So let me find ways <laughs> to make us go. And, it, like, don't get me wrong. He would actually do these enemas and sit on this chair himself as well. Like, really? the things he was doing to other people, like, he did to himself also. Wow. So he went all in. Look, yeah. it works for me. Like, he actually, like, believed what he was doing was correct because he was doing it to himself. See, but here's my thing with that. He didn't have any issues. Right. So how did he know it was, unless he's admitting that he had a lot of constipation and or diarrhea? Well, the interesting thing <laughs> is, that sounded like, oh my, what's the... What's the medicine? Pepto. Yeah. Yep. You knew the song I was thinking of. Like heartburn, diarrhea. Yep. What is it? Heartburn? Upset stomach, constipation, diarrhea, blah, blah, blah. Pepto-bismol. But yeah, so basically. That wasn't the song. No, not at all. right order, but it's okay. Um, But so basically like his whole thing is just like that he had this chair that would shake everything loose. Okay. Um. In addition to that, though, he had another um, machine that was very similar. Yeah. But it was, it basically gave you the option of, like, it would slap you or hit you. And he believed, like, that that was good, too, because it was, like, another form of, like, shaking out. But, like, if the chair was too violent for people, then this other thing would just, like, (laughs) slap really hard again to move everything around in your system. He did some weird stuff. Um, And also, again... The chair is like a little more extreme, but he also did use um, the the vibrating belt. Also, he called yeah. it, I forget what it was, but it was like an oscillo. It was like, I think he called it like the oscillomaton because like oscillation. oscillation. Yep. We're um, <laughs> nerds. Yeah. Um, but so he had that. And then also if you wanted something that was for more like exercise. Okay. Oriented. He had basically, it was like a mechanical wooden horse. Okay. They like literally just look like a like a wooden saddle, okay. And you sat on it, and again, it just shook you all over the place. But it was supposed to, I guess, replicate or like make you feel like you were riding a horse, but it wasn't. He considered it to be passive exercise, and he wrote it all the time, <laughs> which to me is funny for a guy who's <laughs> like, "Don't get stimulated, don't do anything. Right? We're just gonna ride a mechanical horse all day." <laughs> of all. The mm-hmm. motions that your body could be making, right. that's probably going to turn someone on. Right. In a heartbeat. But yeah, so there's that. And then I just kind of want to finish up with, fi- well, no, I don't really want to get into it. I was going to say, going back to the whole touching yourself thing. Yeah. He also, he had some like really serious ideas though about like how to stop people from doing it. Okay. 
I don't want to get in a lot of trouble by talking about it, but I found so much research about it online that I feel like it's fine if I just mention it here for a minute. Yeah. And again, please do not stop buying like this cereal because of this episode. Um, his stop brother didn't have anything to do with it. Right now. But there <laughs> are other things that are happening that could, you know, maybe entice you into not purchasing the cereal that have nothing to do with this man. Yes. Yes. Um, but Basically, he was a big person, like he was a big fan of um, both male and female circumcision. Oh. And people are like, oh, what's female circumcision? Basically, so the male circumcision is exactly what it sounds like, but he usually said that you should not use any sort um, of uh, anesthetic. Because it would be very painful, of course, but like it would make you feel invigorated. I don't. I don't know that he ever actually underwent this himself. Um, But he believed that in that moment, like that, that pain would just like, oh, it was so bad. But it would also like almost bring you back to life and invigorate you, which to me, I think is interesting because that's the opposite of what he normally said he wanted to do to people. Yeah. Um, So that was for a male. Which okay. is horrible. Absolutely. For a female, if um, you couldn't stop, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to make yourself feel good, sure. um, you would put carbolic acid. What? On the woman's genitals. And if that didn't work, then he was just a big fan of just take that clip right off. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. That's what he believed. What? Because then, like, it didn't matter what you did. It's not there. You can never experience pleasure. So it just cuts out the middleman. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. It upsets me so much. Yep. Just in general. I almost didn't bring it up, but then I was like, you know what? I kind of can't not bring it up, though, because people are going to say, why did you not bring that up? Yes, especially if they do mm-hmm. their own research. Right. It upsets me how much, and I understand, like, women were were lesser of people, but you even mentioned it with the pregnancy of, like, mm-hmm. You shouldn't have sex when you're pregnant. Like, right. your hormones are raging at that point. Right. I, I've never been pregnant. I've been around right. plenty of pregnant women yes. to know that. Also, I yes. am a woman, and I know that. Yep. But it upsets me how much that they don't understand how the female body works. Mm-hmm. Even with the clit thing. Yep. Like, n- not to be too nerdy or say something that's obvious. It, it's pretty obvious to me. But, like, that's the external right. stimulation. Like, it goes much deeper than that. It can go much deeper than that. So just because that. that's not there doesn't mean <laughs> right. nothing's going to work. Yeah. Like that blows my mind mm-hmm. that that was even – well, I, I mean, in all fairness, a lot of guys probably stu- do still believe that. No offense. Yeah, I'm not throwing probably. all the guys under the bus. But like that's not just how it works. No. Ugh. But yeah. I mean, and well, and I think my thing is with it too – like, especially with, like, the pregnancy thing, you know, and whatever. Yeah. So why? So for a guy, circumcision. Mm-hmm. But that's not taking it off. No. But for a woman, but it's he's a like, let's deal. just take away the whole thing that he imagined gave you pleasure. But yet the guy, if he thought that it was still okay for the purposes of procreation. Yes. Not to get on, like, a you know, pencil. a soapbox run right now. <laughs> yeah. Do the it. man is still enjoying himself. Absolutely. The only way you can procreate is if he does. Exactly. So what? Like, so it comes back to up? 
blaming the female Mm -hmm. solely for it. Which, again, is why I was thinking Pliny and he would have been, like, best buds. Oh, my gosh. Because everything just goes back to that. Yep. And, again, like, he believed everything, even up to someone having epilepsy, someone having schizophrenia, someone having leprosy, someone having any sort of negative thing in their life. Mm Mm-hmm. All because of their sexual energy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this episode is like, <laughs> it's a weird episode because like it went in so many different directions. Yeah. But like for him, just it all comes back to that. Yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, so like all of this came about because I randomly found um, a little plastic thing that wanted to call itself a fat pummeler in my closet. And you're like, hmm. Like, hmm, what other weird things did we do? And it just basically, yeah, like I just found so much stuff just associated with this one man and his like one spa that, yeah. That's the other I was like, well, now I can't not talk about it. I feel like we haven't addressed enough, too, is this all went down at one health spa. Yes. Like, I'm sure they were practicing One place. More places, of course. But, Mm -hmm. like, all of this was happening at the same time in one building. Yeah, it was, like, the premier place. If you were no one, you went there. If you were anyone, you went there. Yes. he could you fix wanted you. to be there and be like be treated by him. That mm-hmm. is nuts. Yep, it was like the first med spa. Wow, and mm-hmm. we're going to use that term in, very in, loosely in the country. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if, if we're real, a lot of med spas today. <laughs> well, they do still practice. kind of should be. It should be used loosely with them too. That's true. That's um, very true. But yeah. <laughs> wow, Mister Kellogg. Mm-hmm. Shame on mm-hmm. you. I'm also very confused. I guess it goes to show what science was behind food especially. But like I'm really confused with a modern mindset of how his wife as a dietitian felt like all of this was okay. Like shouldn't she have known like So she had enough going on. Like I'll be honest, I'm like why aren't more people talking about her? Um, so in addition to being, like, the youngest person to ever, like, get a, a degree, at least at that time. Yes. Yep. Um, at, at Alfred University, she also, like, she had her own very successful business. She was awarded multiple, like, awards and recognition of who she was as a female in business and a female in medicine. She um, developed and worked with a number of, like, children's social charities and organizations. So, like, she herself, again, like... I didn't dig too deep, so I'm sure yeah. there's, like, something, you know, if, if there's something, like, nasty in the back of her closet, too, guys. Like, <laughs> sure. I'm not saying she's great because I don't know everything about her. Right. But she did, but she was uh, from what I was reading, she did do, like, a lot of good. So wow. I almost feel like maybe she was just, like, so busy that she was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. John, you, you go do That's your thing. That's a great idea, babe. I'm, I'm going to go do mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That does make a lot of sense still confuses mm-hmm. me a little bit but yeah it was the time i guess <laughs> but yeah i mean so that's pretty much what i have okay um for john kellogg that and was... all of his crazy inventions there are more i didn't get to um but you can look them up 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like never ending. Depending on how people take this episode as well, Mm -hmm. we could always do Kellogg's part two. Yep. If people are interested in it. Um, Because I know that that is not all. No. Um, If you do want to know more, though, about uh, the rivalry between John and his brother, there's a really good episode um, of a show um, some of you guys might be familiar with. Haley's already smiling, so I think (laughs) she knows where I'm going to go with this, uh, called Drunk History. Yes. There's an amazing episode um, on um, John and William Kellogg on there uh, if you want to learn more about their sibling rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to mention that. And that's another thing, too, is that their rivalry was like it was real real like it, it at some point like they the literally stopped speaking to one another yep and i want to say it like lasted until their deaths it like did. there was no reconciliation nope. it was it was one that, of those like it was too late like yep. once it was too late the one brother you know was like oh i'm gonna go apologize oh well you can't now because he's not here anymore <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> Well, thank you for doing that because yeah. it's about time we get to them. In and I our, hope it made sense because my notes were so all yeah, over the place. It but, was fine. Yeah. Um, when, if you guys have listened to the trailer, they are the pioneers portion that mm-hmm. I had in mind when we were doing the scripting of that. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, the, the company that I had in mind. So I'm glad that we finally got to yep. one of the pioneers, even though technically we've mentioned a couple with Pliny, yeah. especially coming up. What um, a jerk. What a jerk. I do feel like... Oh. We, wow. <laughs> that, yeah. that was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say I feel like Pliny and John would... John, right? Yes. Yeah. Would have totally had a beer together. They would have had the best friend's heart necklace. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think they'd have beer or liquor in general. Because that'd be no. way too much of a too exciting. stimulant. Too yeah. exciting. Too much. <laughs> way too much for, for a tight-laced gentleman. Yeah. They would have had a nice glass of uh, lukewarm water together. <laughs> yeah. Room temp water. Not even any lemon. That temperature of water when you take a sip, you can't even tell that you actually took a sip. Yes. Because, because it it's so just, neutral. It's wet air. <laughs> it's wet air. <laughs> At the same temperature as the air. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for bringing that um, topic yeah, to us. Yeah. Thank you for having me do it. Yeah. Um. On that note, I guess we'll just outro here. Yeah. I'm Haley. I'm Aaron. This was Am I Pretty Now? And until next time, stay, stay spooky. spooky. Ooh. <laughs> Am I Pretty Now is hosted by Haley Eshelman and Aaron Healy. Our theme music was composed by Jason Mundock. The show is recorded at the So Good Media Studio at the Candy Factory, a co-working and social club in Lancaster, PA. Schedule a tour at coworkinginlancaster.com. Keep up with Haley and Aaron and all things Am I Pretty Now on Instagram at Am I Pretty Now Pod.